Hey, this is Greg. And Zach. Welcome back to the Harvestgate podcast. Today, we return to our Meet the Team series with our third episode. We'll be chatting with Stephanie Cole, learning more about her background and experience, how she met Zach and Liz, and what led her to join the Harvestgate team, and much, much more. Stephanie, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. We are excited to have you. I know Zach's excited to have you here. We've been trying Super to... Super excited. We've been trying to schedule more Meet the Team uh, episodes for a while. And then, you know, coronavirus, and we're not allowed to hang out. So we had to kind of work out the logistics on that, right? Uh, but we're excited. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, before we kind of dig super deep into like your life story in 40 minutes or less, uh, no pressure. Um, you have a pretty symbiotic relationship with coffee, uh, don't you? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I do actually. I am a manager in training at Starbucks right now. Shout out to being essential. Uh, but no, I'm actually at home making coffee right now because Starbucks is the best company on the face of the planet and they're paying me to stay home and stay safe. Very nice. Yes. I have worked for the company for about three years now, and it's really transformed the way I just view a single cup of coffee, honestly, Greg. How is that exactly? I mean, tell me a little bit more, like an individual cup of coffee, what kind of goes into that? I cannot tell you the amount of times, especially during this pandemic, that people have thanked us for the work that we do. And it's because we provide more than a cup of coffee. It's that we provide a home base for some people and we put like normalcy back into the routine of that person. And it's for every single person, no matter who you are. And to play that role in society right now is such an honor. So make sure you thank your baristas because we are out here trying to take care of you. Steph, um... Uh, that's really awesome. Um, I have a question. I know that you kind of struggled a little bit with, uh, working at a coffee house. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit of your, your education background and things like that, but can you talk just a little bit about, um, how maybe God has redeemed coffee or working in the coffee industry for you? You know, initially, and I will get into this later as well, I was really struggling with the fact of being a college graduate, but like working at Starbucks with a whole ministry degree. And I was just so confused. I'm like, Lord, what what is it that you want me to do with this whole coffee thing? But like, I have this whole degree where I want to do ministry and do your work. And he made me realize, and it was a hard lesson to learn at that, is that he is truly in the midst of everything. And in a single moment of just being present and being with a person, you can change maybe not so much their life. We hope their life, but at least their day in that moment, just by sitting and listening to them. Maybe they just had a really hard day. Maybe this was the the one good thing going for them at the end of a really hard day. And so I just believe there's a power, there's so much power in a single moment. And we just have to harness that every single day. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. No, I like that a lot. I think uh, you sometimes forget about how the things that you're doing, uh, you know, root, so routine every day over and over have an impact on individuals. So I think that's really cool. And it's cool that you've kind of seen 
the value and the purpose that you have in what you're doing. So I think that's great. I want to go back, uh, you know, back in time a little bit. Uh, tell us about where you grew up, uh, where you're from originally. What what do you call your you know hometown? That sort of thing. So I am from a small town in Indiana. And bonus points if you know where it is, because nobody knows where it is. I grew up in a town of about, I would say, 2,000 people, and um, it's Hartford City, Indiana. So like I said, bonus points if you know where that's at. And I grew up within a 10-mile radius of my entire family, practically. So you could say family was always at the forefront of my life. And I am a middle child of five. There are five of us. So everything that you assume to be true of a middle child is going to be true of me. So your assumptions are right. Please know that. And so, you know, I just grew up in a a pretty normal home. Nothing too wild to say about that just yet. But yeah, and then I later went on to again, not get too far away from home. About 30 minutes, I went off to college and I did my thing and I got my degree. And so I never strayed too far from home in the first 21 years of my life. So that begs, I think, a relevant question, which is how did we get from small town Indiana to big city Ohio in Columbus? Yeah, so that was quite the journey. So growing up, I obviously... I always had an idea of what I wanted to be, but I never could quite land on it. And it wasn't until my senior year of high school that I really believed that the Lord was calling me to do full-time ministry. I didn't know what that meant. I wasn't exactly raised in the church per se. And um, I was honestly really new to this whole Jesus thing. You know, I was three years into it, had experienced a whole lot of if I'm being transparent, trauma in my life and just really grappling with this, um, this whole God thing and doing his work. And so after I graduated from college and I spent, you know, the four years there training and developing, um, I came to Columbus, Ohio to actually continue to learn through a year long residency or internship in the church world. They use residency. I don't know why. Um, (laughs) And so that's what brought me here and it ended and I stayed because I really, truly believe that the Lord was up to something big and I wasn't quite sure what that was. Hmm. So there's kind of a a gap in there. You talked about you weren't necessarily raised in the church, but then you're suddenly studying. uh, uh, What was it that you majored in? Yeah, so I majored in Christian ministries. (laughs) And you're still going to school right now, right? You're finishing up, uh, what degree is it? I am finishing up my practical theology degree through Wesley Seminary. So it all ties together. Right. So, you know, kind of fill in the color, color in between the lines for me there, where you go from not really being raised in the church to uh, getting into church, obviously quite a bit and wanting to teach that as a, as a career maybe, or as a, as a, you know, your life's work, where did that transition kind of come? Or like, how did you get involved in church as a a teenager maybe, or like, where was that for you? So growing up, we were always raised to believe in God, you know, God was 
this this being in the sky that you pray to when you're sad, when mm-hmm. you need something of him, you know. And so I always was raised believing in God. However, it took my younger sister, Nancy, not knowing who Noah was to make my mom just feel like she is, she had completely failed us. And she immediately <laughs> took us to the, the closest church because growing up, her faith was so important to her in Sunday school and, you know, the, the general like run of the mill kind of a thing. All right. Um, and so ironically enough, we started going to a church plant in one of our, in our small town. And from there, it just kind of skyrocketed. So we started going there when I was in the seventh grade. And then freshman year of high school, I I really got to know this Jesus guy. And I, in the Christian world, we know, we say that like we accept the good news, what he did for us. And I got baptized. It was a great time. We were living the dream. Um, meanwhile, on the inside of my life, it wasn't so neat and pretty. And so going into my sophomore year of college, I actually, um, was, my faith was rocked, to say the least. I think there are pivotal moments in our story where we are faced with this decision of, I'm going to run as far away as I possibly can from the Lord, or I'm going to simply turn and embrace Him. And um, in that moment, I am just so thankful that the Lord had really prepared the way for me to have these people who knew him intimately to meet me in that place. And um, sophomore year of college, no, sophomore year of high school, I lost my dad. And that's a whole story in itself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had battled addiction his entire life. Their relationship was a mess and now he's gone. And I have never faced anything quite like it in my life in my short 25 years of being all i know looking back is that i can give all glory to god because he had placed people in my life such as my youth pastor my head pastor the different leaders within the youth ministry to just simply come and be the community that i needed so that i can truly heal and find my peace in the Lord. And so going on sophomore year of high school, dealing with all this, carrying this, and just really having a lot of big questions, I was just so thankful that I had the Lord there with me in the midst of that. And we all say, you know, his timing is perfect and everything works out um, for his good and for his glory. And I truly believe hindsight is 2020. And looking back, it was in those defining moments of my mom taking us to church, me meeting these, these people that I still have relationships with today, still pour into me to this day, and them walking that road with me through all of that, that really led me to receive this calling that is God has something wild in store for each and every one of us. And I really believe that in my own life, he has called me to take that and make it my entire life, my entire being, my entire career, and truly 
share the good news of Jesus and what it is that he can do in each of our lives. And so that's kind of my story, um, bits and pieces of it thrown in there. But I felt that was the necessary portion in order to fill in those those gaps. So you, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you and you mentioned earlier that uh, things were a little chaotic until about your senior year of high school, and then you felt this, um, this, this calling or this sense of purpose. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, and kind of fill in the gap of that in your spiritual journey? Definitely. So growing up from a young age, I always wanted to help people period. I wanted to go to school, be a counselor, take everybody's problems away from them so that they could truly live a happy life, right? It was a cute little perfect world I was living in as a... Yeah, you're a total nine on the Enneagram. (laughs) 100%. Is there an issue? Can we fix it? Can we resolve it? Great. So I had actually met a teacher. Um, Mrs. Q was her name phenomenal woman of the faith and she was so instrumental in this whole discovery process and I do apologize in advance I will name drop until I'm blue in the face because these people have just left a a mark on my life and it's through these relationships that I am who I am today and you know I was just really wrestling with it for honestly like the last two years of my um, career I was like I really want to just be in the church. I want to tell people about Jesus and I want them to know that they are so loved and that he can literally walk through the deepest and darkest things in your life and you will still come through alive (laughs) and, you know, unmarked, you know, and it was in these moments that I was just really praying and discerning it. And I'll never forget, I walked into her classroom one day and I said, Mrs. Q, I think I'm supposed to like do ministry full time. And she looked at me and said, well, I'm happy you finally have realized that. (laughs) And it's just, it's grown through first and foremost, my love for him and what he has done in my life and just where he has taken me and be my love for literally all of humanity and intertwining those two together. And ever since that day, you know, we say like you receive a calling, but I feel as though every day I'm reminded of why I do what I do, no matter where I'm at or what it is that I'm doing. So I don't know if that really answers the question. Yeah, it does. And, you know, calling is such an interesting thing. We, we, I think most people deal with this and there's this false narrative that only those who are in quote, full-time ministry are those who are called. And it's been fun over the past few years to watch you understand that your calling is still ministry. It just looks different than what it is that you uh, had originally anticipated, I think. Um, And so speaking of getting to know you over the past uh, couple of years, I think that we have a really fun story as to how we met, how, um, yeah, just how our relationship formed. So would you talk about that just for a little bit? 
Yes, I would love to because it is one of my favorite stories and it should be told every day. <laughs> so how did I meet Zach and Liz Morgan? Um, for those of you that may be tuning in for the first time, Liz is Zach's incredible wife. Um, and yes, if you haven't met is. her yet, please meet her. She's incredible. She's the so, best. <laughs> I agree. So the best part about this whole story is that I had a friend crush on them and they didn't even know it. And for those of you that are up to date with all the cool kid lingo, a friend crush is essentially you look at someone and you see their potential of being your friend. And then you immediately have a friend crush and you just pursue that and you pursue it until you get it. Because honestly, the more friends, the merrier. So how did we meet? Well, well, and the reality is too, we also had a friend crush on you. And so it was kind of serendipitous that we became good friends. Wow. My heart is warmed. (laughs) My, My heart is warmed by that statement. All right, so let me dig into the story here. So it was my senior year of college, and I went to Greece on a class trip. I know, I'm very, very blessed to have gone to Greece. And so what it was, we just journeyed around the the steps of Paul. It was a great time. Also, if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, you should really just crack open your New Testament. He wrote most of that, so he's a really big guy in the faith. (laughs) And we, you know, we did a lot of cool things and we saw really, you know, a lot of really great things. However, the most impactful thing from this trip that I gained was their friendship. And I knew that I wanted to be their friend. So you do what you do in any scenario. You always find yourself next to them, whether it's on the bus, whether it's on the road that you're standing on, it doesn't, the restaurant. And I knew from the moment we were sharing that meal in the airport, we were going to be friends forever. <laughs> and so it was one bus ride that we were taking. And Zach, I don't know if you remember where, where we were going, because I don't. I want to say it was Metoria, but I could be very wrong on that. That's a good accent. Good work. Thank you. And so we were on the bus going to some marvelous place in Greece, as Zach mentioned. And we started talking about ministry and what they did and, you know, what I was going to do. And, you know, by the end of the trip, I was convinced that they were going to have me reroute my entire life, move to Newark, move in with these strangers and be their youth pastor. That's really what I thought was going to happen as a result of this. But I unfortunately had to let them down gently because I was going to Columbus, Ohio for the residency program, you know, to train and to grow. Um, but I just felt this pull towards them. And, you know, there are just people that you meet and you know that they're going to stay for a long time. So you're, you're not too worried about rejecting them. Right. And so, you know, Zach always said, I just have a feeling we're going to work together. So really... I may just be the other end of this prophecy that he was speaking into. I'm not quite sure. But all I know is from 2017 on, it's just been such a blessing. And I'm just so thankful that the Lord had to take us across the pond in order for us to be friends. Because it has been, honestly, crucial for this moment today. Yeah, and it's been it's been really fun. So that was back in, what, 2017 that we met? Yes. So... 
we have known each other for just over three years. And um, I think it would also be appropriate. Uh, I remember when I called you, because I, I remember that I had shared with you a vision that I had for Harvest Gate um, on the bus ride. And um, let's see, it was probably January or February of 2019. And I called you and I said, Steph, it's happening. And I okay. want you to come and be a part. And then you broke my heart again. Do you remember okay. why? Let me, <laughs> if I may speak into this. First of all, they say third time's the charm. And <laughs> you have to play hard to get. You got, I'm joking. I'm taking this metaphor of a friend crush way too far. That's okay. Zach, you're speaking in, I was getting there, man. No, I'm joking. I was in the midst, yet another pivotal moment in my life. You see, the Lord has a funny way of using these massive moments to really intersect and be like, whoa, 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 hold up. I got something else for you. So I had just gotten back from second round of in-person interview at an established church. They're going to pay me a nice salary. I was going to do youth ministry. I'm going to use my degree that I spent thousands of dollars on and are paying back. Thank you, um, uh, FAFSA. Thank you. Shout out to the government. Shout out to all the people that paved the way for me to have student loans. And so I was making a good logical step. My mom was very proud of me. And then Zach calls me. And he tells me that the church plant is a go. And to say, yet again, my world was rocked is an understatement. And I was faced with the decision of, do I take what appears to be the the right choice, the safe, the secure choice? Or do I take a step of faith, which this is what this is, and trust that what he has planned for me is far greater than I could even begin to imagine for myself. And knowing the Lord and trusting his timing and knowing that Zach and Liz are also obedient to the Lord and knowing and trusting their relationship in him as well. I was faced with this decision. Which one do I choose? I think any logical person would choose the good and safe one where we can, you know, we have pay, we have benefits, we have, you know, validation from our peers of great job. You're using your degree to, you know, I'm going to just wait it out some more in Columbus. The Lord has planted me here for a reason. And I believe that. And with much hesitation from my mother, (laughs) because she was stunned that I was turning down this job, (laughs) I stayed. I stayed because in that moment, the Lord woke something up inside of me. He got that little fire burning in my belly a little bit hotter. And I was never in my life more ready for something to happen than harvest gate. I said, great. Can we start tomorrow? (laughs) I remember that moment, Zach. Yeah. And I remember that moment for me was terrifying because I was like, you know what? It's, 
it's one thing for me to run into a burning building. It's another thing to um, send other people into the burning building. Now, that may not be a great analogy because it might sound like Harvest Gate is just some out of control fire. But um, the reality is, is um, that there is always potential that things don't work out the way that we intend. Uh, now, we hope that doesn't happen. We're not planning on that happening. Um, but uh, so that was a that was a that was a scary moment for for me, and also a um, a solidifying moment in what it is that God has called us to, not just me to, but us uh, to. And so, Steph, you bring a lot to the team. We often uh, refer to you as the CEO, not the chief executive officer, but the chief encouragement officer, um, because you are just, you are so encouraging. Um, could you share maybe some of what it is that you bring to the team? Uh, you know, some gifts and skills, your roles that you have. Um, yeah, I'll just let you talk. Fabulous. Because really, this is always the question I want to put back on somebody else because I don't know what I'm doing. I am a measly little 25-year-old and I'm just trying to step into the biggest shoes it feels like right now. So I 100% believe and know that I've been called to serve the local church. We talked about that earlier. It's a great time. I devoted years of study and, I, and years of obedience to the Lord so that I would be able to partner with him in, in Harvestgate. And I so love the church and I so love what she's about. But I just believe that through Harvestgate, we're going to reach so many different types of people for Jesus. And that, that is what ignites me to do what it is that I do. And thankfully I will be wrapping up in December for my master's. So congrats. I'm saying, I'm saying, so I have all this just knowledge seeping out of my brain at this point, because it (laughs) won't say it anymore. So to say I am ready is an understatement. And so from there, I'll go on. I will be ordained. I'll be legit in the church. I can marry and bury people. And people will look at me and be like, you're a whole pastor. And I was like, yes, I am. And so, Zach. And once you, once you get your master's degree, then you'll be a master pastor. You're absolutely right. When <laughs> it, It's always my favorite. People ask me, oh, what are you getting your master's in? And I, I give them like the official title and they just kind of look at me and I said, I'm going to be a master pastor. And that seems to settle well with most people. So that's, that's what I tell people. There you go. And so Zach, you have um, been asking me what my quote unquote job title would be. And, you know, I'm just going to throw some things out there until it sticks on the wall, like pasta. And so as of right now, since I'm not ordained, once I am ordained, it will change. I'm the overseer of spiritual development and discipleship for the Harvest Gate Network. I thought it sounded yes. pretty professional and nice. <laughs> I'll hail the overseer. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, that is me. Dope title. I like it. Yeah. Well, and and so I, I want to speak to that a little bit. Well, actually... Um, Explain what that is first, and then I want to speak to just some of your gifting that I've seen in you. 
deal. You know, I love receiving words of encouragement. So you, there's a lot of, you know, intentionality in my words. So when I say overseer, it's because hopefully my responsibility of all of this will be to train people up to disciple people so that they will go on and continue to disciple people. And you see, that's the model that we're going with, with Harvestgate. And so to truly just oversee that and to implement different strategies and procedures that are so rooted in the biblical text and truly bringing them to life today, that is what I believe I'm called to do through Harvestgate. Yeah, and so uh, right now you're currently serving at a church in Columbus called One Church. Um Ooh. And from what all, from what I can tell, one church is doing amazing things. And so, once again, we just want to come out and say we are not against other churches. Um, uh, in fact, uh, one church is a very different model than what uh, uh, Harvestgate is. And so, we're we're never in competition with other churches. Uh, we want to celebrate when other churches are doing things really well. And one church, like I said, from what I can tell, is our is doing amazing things. And so you have been telling me, uh, well, they wanted to start like a young adults group or something like that. And, uh, at at one church. And so you kind of just started running with it and you started out with how many people? Four, four people. And you have shown me on your group me text that you now have what, like 122 people or something like that. That's uh, part of your group text? Yeah, it's, it's something like that. <laughs> yeah, it has been such a gift to just being able to grow in this time and to truly develop and sharpen my skills. And when I started this small group, I had no idea just how much it would truly prepare me for what is to come um, at Harvestgate. And I've learned so much about what it means to just do ministry and to kind of forge the path when it doesn't exist because it's hard and people don't trust you and not so much in a, we don't trust you, but, you know, for your personality or who you are, but uh, this is uncharted territory. Like, what, what are you doing? And I just simply looked at him and I said, I'm just being obedient. And so we started off with four people, and I just knew that the Lord had something really big in store. And from there, we've just truly transformed into this unit, this community. And I think where my heart broke the most post-college was that all of my college roommates, they would beg me to move to where they're at because I guess I'm the single one and I can just uproot my life whenever I want. (laughs) Because they were so desperate for community. They were so desperate just to be known and to be seen. And going back into these places where nobody knows them truly is terrifying. And being in a college town, you know, the Ohio State University plus like seven other universities that exist here, there are so many other people that are either in college or post-college that are just so desperate for that same connection. And so I was looking around one church i said there are a lot of young people here and i got on the website and i said there's no small group the lord said great you know what you're gonna do now and so from there it's been two years in the running and we have baptized people 
We have shared communion together. We have served together. We've partied hard together, going on retreats, just doing life with one another. And I think it's been so formative in just who I am as a leader in ministry, who I am as a leader in my own personal life, and truly learning what it means to be a friend to like an individual person. So I, I couldn't, I, I have to stop myself because um, this group just means so much to me. Yeah. And what I'm about to say is a little bit tongue in cheek, but you almost threw all of that away to get into regular ministry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and I, again, I say that tongue in cheek, but uh, the reality is, is God has, uh, one of the things that we want to champion uh, through Harvestgate is that we're all called to the same thing, and that is to disciple people and to make disciples and to introduce the kingdom of God to people. And Steph, you have done that so well uh, as an assistant or as a manager in training uh, at a Starbucks. Probably, it, like I remember. Uh, I was kind of working through as like, well, you know, I'm going to have to run the discipleship groups and these kinds of things. And then I just, like, I was like, uh, Steph does that way better than you do. So why are you trying to be selfish with it? I will do much greater things through her and her gifting. So, uh, Steph, I'm just, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of your obedience, really, uh, just excited about the things that you do and how you have stepped up in your, um, and God's just really used your obedience and your humility in that. Well, thank um, you, Zach. Absolutely. Uh, Steph is one of my favorite people on the planet. And um, uh, I can say that honestly about just about everybody on our skate team, because uh, it's just a, it's just a thrill to be able to work with such high capacity people who, uh, who are, who are, they're not just, colleagues they're not just volunteers they're not just people that i that are a part of the church they're they're friends and so so good of friends that we're becoming family and we are family so um i can say that about everybody on the team um steph i want to ask this question um in two years from now looking down the road what progress would you like to see from uh, from us as the Harvestgate Network, uh, what would you consider consider success two years from now? So I will be serving as a pastoral role, as we've hopefully clarified in the midst of this podcast. I would say two years from now, from my pastoral role perspective, I would love to see the network of house churches just beginning to multiply, multiply into the city of Columbus. Now there's a lot of ground to cover, and I believe in two years that it can be done because we serve a really, really, really great God who has really, really, really big plans, and we just have to have a lot, a lot, a lot of faith and trust that he's going to do something miraculous. Yeah, uh, yesterday I I was... um social distancing, but I went over to my parents' house um, and they have a tree in the backyard that is really just beautiful. 
And my mom was looking out the window. She said, that tree is just so pretty. And I said, yeah, it is. And uh, I don't know, probably eight or 10 years ago, there's this big windstorm that came through Ohio. Um, it wasn't a tornado, but it was like hurricane level winds just kind of out of nowhere. And it caused a lot of damage. It was pretty weird. Um, but this tree that was in the, in the backyard, it snapped, um, you know, you know, a, a couple of feet from the, the bottom of the trunk and my, you know, they, they took the tree away. Um, but they never took the stump out. And now this tree that was once one, uh, one, uh, trunk is now six separate trunks and they're all uh like it's just created this really beautiful tree and i said to my mom i said that's just a really beautiful story of god's multiplication that he can take something that's kind of been devastating and turn it into something that's multiplicative and beautiful now I would say this about Harvest Gate, we're, we're not launching out of something devastating. Uh, but in the midst of coronavirus, it is a bit devastating. And I'm hoping that that through what's happening now and through our gatherings, that it turns into this kind of multiplicative, kind of beautiful uh, kingdom presence that, that happens. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. I have just been so challenged in the midst of this entire pandemic. You know, people are ready to hang up their coats. 2020, you were a good one. We'll see you 2021. And they're just so ready to just throw it all in because this year has been, you know, a bust. It's been hard. It's been challenging. You know, people have gone through massive life changes. People have lost their jobs, everything they knew to be true isn't <laughs> everything that was their stability is no longer present it seems however i believe that the lord is simply preparing us for something i feel it mm. i feel it deep in my bones and it's so crucial that in these moments we 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 stand and we we get ready for what is to come. And I just truly believe that the Lord is going to move in miraculous ways, not only through Harvest Gate, but through his entire church. Because right now we have such a platform to reach thousands and thousands of people, truly going into the homes of the people. And with Harvest Gate, going into the physical homes, of course, once Governor DeWine lifts everything. But I really believe that at the end of this year, we're going to look back and we're going to, we're going to see what the Lord was doing in all of this. Yeah. And in two years from now with the Harvest Gate Network, even though we have honestly been going through the ringer in all of this in the last few weeks, just really deciding, you know, what is the next, the next best step? What do we do now? Like, and just really leaning into what it is the Lord is asking us to do. And, Honestly, Zach is, um, as one of, well, it almost feels like one of your disciples, um, trusting the Lord's leading in my life, but also the Lord's leading through you and Liz as well. Because when I signed up for this, I know I was a little hesitant at first, but like we are in this and we're in this for the long haul. 
And I just know that the Lord is up to something wild. And being here in Columbus and all this has really, it's really opened my eyes to just how tight-knit this community is and how Harvestgate can truly find a home here. I really do believe that. And the Lord is just simply preparing us for our launch. Yeah, and and I will say this about our team, um, the the whole team, uh, Greg, Emily, uh, you, uh, you know, Liz, uh, I have just been amazed at the resiliency uh, from from you all, and encouraged by it because a few weeks ago when we had our first service, uh, I was not anticipating doing anything. Uh, because we're in the midst of coronavirus and you don't start a church online. Uh, it's not the way that it's supposed to go. And I remember our group text just started blowing up saying, Hey, we're still going to meet tonight, right? Or you know, tomorrow, or, you know what? I was like, Oh yeah, I was definitely planning on doing that. And, um, <laughs> um, so, um, Greg, I want to pass it on to you. I think you have a final question for Steph. Um, but I'm so grateful for you, Steph, uh, and and just what God is doing in your life, and been it's been fun and encouraging to to listen just to your story a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Zach. We'll kind of close with our uh, our final question on our Meet the Team series, which we like to kind of get everyone's uh, own opinion and sort of what they would say to someone who's been listening. Uh, and has heard about Harvestgate, has maybe been reading stuff on our website or social media, listening to the podcast, uh, who's not, um, uh, you know, maybe they're on the fence about getting involved. Steph, what would you tell them about why it's a, such a joy to be part of this? So if you're on the fence for Harvestgate, I just need you to know that the people that are involved in this are people who have hearts that are so for the Lord and so for the people and wanting to make Jesus' name known. And I want to take a moment to talk to the people that have been to church, but were then later burned by the church. I want to first say that I am so sorry. I'm so sorry for whatever they did to you. I'm so sorry for whatever they said to you to make you feel like you are unworthy or undeserving of God's perfect love for you. I've met so many people that refuse to walk into a physical church building because of the hurt of another person. And for that, my heart is broken because I know that the Lord's heart breaks with you. Secondly, I want to say, trust me. Trust me when I know what it means to feel so alone in this world because I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Sometimes life really sucks and it sucks so much and there's just no way around that. However, even in my deepest and darkest place, the Lord was still with me and he is still with you. And it is through Harvest Gate that we want to be with you and to sit with you and to love you because that is what we're called to do as followers of Jesus Christ. So first I would say, I'm sorry. And second, I would say, not only trust me, but trust that God knew that you needed to listen to the very end of this podcast of me rambling And that there was something he had to speak to you today. Pray into that and trust that he has something so grand for you that you cannot even begin to fathom it. Trust that he will reveal it to you in due time. Also, if you want to check out Harvest, let me know. 
And after this whole so social distancing thing is over, we'll grab a cup of coffee and chat if you are on the fence. Well said. Uh, Stephanie, it was great having you today. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, it was, it was, you know, a, very insightful and there's a lot of great info in there. And Zach, uh, thanks for being here as well. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. Follow us on social media at Harvestgate Network. There are several ways you can engage with us and support the Harvestgate Network at harvestgate.org. You can subscribe to the Harvestgate podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you're as excited as we are about this project, please consider supporting us by sharing, joining our prayer team, or donating on our website. Thanks for listening to the Harvestgate podcast, connecting faith to families, communities, and marketplaces. <laughs>